I don't know. It's nothing specifically from my culture. It's almost more like being aware of the culture now and making sure to implement that into into the world, you know, because it's real and it matters. And it makes a difference. I didn't think it did, but it totally does. Hello and welcome everyone to Straight Ahead, an animation podcast where we spotlight rising BIPOC artists who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Raymond Ozalanda, one half of your co-host. And I'm Yuki Okamura Wong, the other half of our whole host. Our guest this week is Sofia Guerra. She's a Mexican artist working as an animator at Awesome Inc. Uh, would you mind telling us a bit more about yourself? Um, no, you summed it up. I'm an animator at Awesome Inc. And uh, <laughs> I like dogs. They're great. And I also play tennis. Uh, so the way <laughs> we like to start off straight ahead is by playing a fun little game called In Between. We're going to give you two similar choices, and then you have to choose in between the two of them, and then kind of let us know why. Okay, sure. All right, so first question. Who would you rather have as your robot pal? Baymax from Big Hero 6 or the Iron Giant from Iron Giant? Oh my god, you can't see me, but my jaw dropped. That's so good. (laughs) I I like Baymax. I want to squish him. I love him. (laughs) I think it would be him. (laughs) That's no, so surprising. It's, it's, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess maybe not. Like big boy? Yeah. I mean, listen, that, big boy. I like the big boy. Iron Giant. Yeah. I love classic, but like, I'm sorry. Baymax is a marshmallow, this little fist bump and everything. It's like, I love you. You're great. <laughs> You're too cute to like kick ass, but he does it anyway. So it's like, you know what? It's got to be you. Nice. I, I like the Iron Giant as well. I just think it'd be too much maintenance. Oh, too much space. Too much space. He's like, no, he like maintains himself. He's like from outer space. He was. He only maintained himself because you. Uh, he was at a junkyard. <laughs> Is that what you're gonna do though? Are you just gonna leave the Iron Giant at the junkyard and just visit him? <laughs> That's so rude. Or are you gonna? Yeah. Are you gonna keep and then him I in can the be friends with just... Dean McCoppins. It's a win win. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my lord. (laughs) Alright, I actually don't know if you will know this one, but... Who would you rather want to build you a weapon? Ruby from Ruby or Mei Hatsume from My Hero Academia? I'm a little offended, by the way. Like, immediately (laughs) off the bat, I'm offended that you think I wouldn't wouldn't know this one. (laughs) Bakugo being amazing and all that, and, um... A Chiba Hunter Roost Teeth fan as well, so it's like I kind of know. Um, <laughs> uh, this is a good question. This is, oh yeah, it actually is because now like I'm having to pick. It's like I don't know, shit. I can have some weird like hybrid thing it would be super cool, uh, mm-hmm. like Ruby or that. She's crazy. I don't remember her name, but that she's nuts with the weapon. I had to look hero. up her name. I had uh, forgot. I was like technology <laughs> girl. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Hatsume. Exactly. Um, I actually never seen. I only seen a little bit of Ruby. Does Ruby build her own weapons? Is yeah, that, actually, like, Ruby her- has built her own weapon. <laughs> In like the first couple episodes, she says she built her like scythe weapon, which like hails her as like a, a tech genius. But like then mm-hmm. later on, people are like, "How does she have that weapon?" <laughs> Because it's yeah. supposed to be, like, legendary. Oh, really? Oh, it's, okay. like, really confusing. Anyway, that's, like, some Ruby lore for you. But she, she is, like, she's, like, a weapons nerd. Okay. Anyway, yes, Ruby did build weapons. I'm a fake fan. I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I, was so I watched ago. a deep dive of Ruby. That's the only reason. 
<laughs> part of me wants to save Ruby because it's like, hey, if she can build a legendary ass weapon that easily <laughs> while the other one's still working on prototypes, I guess I should go with Ruby then, right? It only makes sense. I guess it like depends if you want, I guess, a more practical <laughs> item or like something that can transform. Because, like, uh, I don't know, I really like the weapons in Ruby. <laughs> so, they're yeah. so dumb, but they're so cool. <laughs> yeah, they're so flashy, like, unnecessarily. It's like, look at oh, this. Totally. Like, okay, I kind of want that. So, yeah. Dude, uh, a like, trumpet that's gun. also a gun. Yes, give me that, please. <laughs> I would love it. Good choice, good choice. So, uh, that was in between. Thank you so much for playing with us. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Yes, thank you. <laughs> no, I was not ready for these questions. It really made me think. It was great. <laughs> So, Sophia, uh, what is the day-to-day life of an animator working at Awesome Inc.? Huh, okay. Uh, it's like, it's weird to answer that now, because before it's like going to the office, and now it's like getting out of my bed and getting in the chair. Um, <laughs> but before that, it was just like, hey, uh, sometimes you have a schedule, sometimes you don't. Regardless, work on whatever you were working on the ne- uh, the previous day. And once you feel like you're, you're getting close to something done, whether it be keys or in-betweens or revisions, just message the supervisors and be like, I need more work, please. Or bombard them with questions is also another fun one. But yeah, that's like, and ah, Tuesday is a new thing. We have meetings now, which is real cool because <laughs> before we didn't. <laughs> and now we do to be like, hey, this is what's up. Let's talk about how... Your work is going, what the schedule's looking like, how we're feeling about what we're working on. It's cool and sometimes a bit passive aggressive, and I really love that. So (laughs) I know, thank God we have meetings actually. Like getting on the same page every Tuesday is incredible. Uh, Honestly, I'm really surprised to hear that you guys didn't have meetings before. Like I have have two meetings uh, each week. Never mind, I have three. I have. We have a Monday check-in at the beginning of the week. We have a Friday check-in at the end of the week. Okay. And that's for general the, the general story team. And then for revisions, we have a check-in on a Wednesday to kind of check with revision specifically. So every team has their own kind of check-in. But then we have an overall story check-in. Oh, see, like, that yeah, makes sense. And I wish yeah. we had mm-hmm. more. But it was like... <laughs> I think it's because it's, they said this was like, oh, Awesome's first, like, bigger production or something mm-hmm. that, like, it was just more out of whack in the sense of, like, how to run stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, in a studio that, that Ray is working at Warner Brothers, they're, like, a huge corporation, and they've done, like, hundreds of shows at this point. So they, like, have the formula down, and usually they'll, like, go off of a previous show schedule and be like, okay, well, we'll use this and then, like, tweak it kind of to to match our current show but yeah like Mm -hmm. it was like that at cartoon network too like when i was there it was very like a well-oiled machine and then now uh working at awesome it's like (laughs) well like our studio is so small it's awesome because we could like walk into our ceo's office and be like hey but (laughs) even though yeah like yeah i mean i mean i i do but (laughs) um (laughs) like now um but yeah, at a at a smaller studio, there's a lot more like legwork and figuring things out. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us actually a little bit more about like your specific role that you do? Like um, explaining to maybe the listeners what is it that your job position is? Ha ha! Well, it's uh it's an animator, but 
I mean, we do a little bit of every, everything. It's not only animating, even though it's what you think it's going to be. It's like that. Nah, sometimes you, I got to, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm doing keys, but then I'll be switched on to like in-betweens only. At first we were doing both. So it's like, oh, I keyed my own shot and then I in between it and it was all cool. Sometimes um, I am like literally picking apart like at rigs and like talking with the rig team and be like, hey, this could be better. Or like, uh, okay, is this the problem with the rig? So it's like, it's a lot more talking about everything else than I thought it would be besides just animation. It's also like, hey, this is the boards, but also do we want to do that? Mm -hmm. I don't know. So it's like, it's a good mix of things, but I, yeah, it's, I'm. Just a, I'm just an animator by title, right? But I I touch a little bit of more parts of the pipeline than I thought I would from the get go. You know, going in as an animator too, uh, there was like a lot more note passes than I thought there would be. <laughs> um, no, well, like I mean, <laughs> no, you're you think, right. No, you're you, right. You, well, you do the scene. Our supervisor will come back with notes, like mostly quality control kind of stuff, yeah. and then like, um. We we send it off to like our executive producers and our writers and stuff, and like then they give us notes back as well. And sometimes the notes will come like a like long time in between, and maybe we'll have moved on to a different episode. So maybe a different person, like a different animator, will go in and, and take care of those as well. Which is really interesting to me because like you, if you're doing uh, EP notes then you will probably, like, it's like one or two people working on that whole episode for, like, all of those notes, and you're touching everybody else's scenes and stuff like that. So once a scene actually gets out, like, finalized, it's been in the hands of tons of different animators. Oh, it kind of yeah. feels like you're not, like, you know, it's not like just one animator is responsible for uh, the scene. Absolutely. It's it's crazy when mm -hmm. we saw, like, the, a screening of our first episode, I saw, like, some of the shots where it's like, oh, wow, like, yeah, like, I know I did that. And then, like, oh, this was completely changed. And I'm like, I don't, like, I, I saw it after it, it had gone through, like, those notes. So mm -hmm. there were animation edits, I feel like, after the animation phase. And it's just like, when, like, who actually went back at that time and did all that before, like, this final cut? Like, there's so many versions of some shots. It's crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't expect it there to be so so much, but, like, every production is different, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like, for board artists and stuff, for you, Ray, it has to be done within such a tight time frame and then sent off, mm -hmm. and, like, then it's it's over. <laughs> there's no going back? Uh, very, very rarely. Sometimes we notice, like, a mistake that we can't ignore, so we have to, like, kind of get it back from edit, but usually once it's locked, we can't, we can't touch it. I have to say, like... Uh, I guess this doesn't always happen, but, like, our producers and our director and stuff give us, like, notes when they like stuff, too. Which is, like, I always have to hold on to the, the, those positive <laughs> moments where they're like, oh, like, this one's really cool. Or, like, I love this expression here. And then I'm like, yes. <laughs> Pray, like, the nugget of praise. Validate me. <laughs> yeah, validate me. Keep me going. Ne needs approval on Tracker. Yeah, <laughs> needs, needs approval. Needs approval. You mentioned it briefly, and I kind of want to know a little bit more if you're willing to talk about it. But was Bento Box your first industry experience? Uh, yes. Yes, it was. You mentioned it wasn't an experience that someone out of college, straight out of college, should experience. Why Why is that? Why? Listen, like I, the atmosphere, fantastic. <laughs> like the people there, like, you know, the other coworkers and stuff like that. Awesome, right? It was actually great to like, even though like I'm really shy and like stuff like that, it, I was like scared the whole time. Right? But eventually, like I talked to more people, 
uh, the people that got hired on the same day as me. It's like it was all very like a good environment, but um, apparently the way um, like deadlines were handled and how much and how uh, work was being distributed was like they knew it was being overdone. Like they knew they were scheduling. Okay. It's like yeah, this is almost like impossible, but we want them to like feel like they can do it, you know? And so it was, mm -hmm. I mean, it's fine to, you know, stay late sometimes and like, Oh, I'm not going to get paid extra, but you know, just to get stuff done here and there. Like, you know, that's normal. I feel like in any kind of job, but there are definitely times where it's like you're working. Cause in Bento, it was a technically a 10 hour work day. Yeah. So they don't uh, pay um, any overtime. Like it's like included because on when, uh, it's all going well. They're like, hey, eight hours, you can go home, you know? And that, like, extra two hours is, in is included. Uh, so it's a way to mm -hmm. cheat having to not having to pay overtime. Um, but when the going gets, like, rough, that's when they're like, okay, well, now if everyone could please work your 10 hours, that would be great. And it's like this entire production was that. So it was, yeah, like, 10-hour work days, five days a week. And, you'd, and I definitely would stay maybe two or yeah, like two hours later some days because it's just like, I'm still very new. I didn't know I had to deal with some of the like problems that came from scenes, like making like a whole prop or something unfold. And it's like, ah, oh, they gave me like one pose for the prop and it needs to like unveil beautifully with this rug. Like there was a lot of stuff that I felt <laughs> like I wasn't prepared for and I was just being thrown at me. And like when I asked for them to be like, hey, is this my job? They're like, yes. Like, oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the help. <laughs> um it was just like a lot of experiences and times there it's like this isn't the best i feel like this could have been better and it kind of just stacked right and they're they're good about it because like hey they feed us they'll give us like hey donuts on fridays and there's cereal on, on like wednesdays and there's <laughs> the, like i said the environment was very good but apparently like the whole work situation wasn't and i had no idea until i talked to uh, um, more experienced people who ended up leaving because of it, they're kind of like, yeah, no, that was probably one of the worst productions that I've been on here. And they've been on there for many years. And it was just like, wow, that's cool. I didn't know <laughs> that it was that rough. So it was, you just oh, thought dear. it was the standard. Yeah, I thought it was the standard. <laughs> so it was just like, that's crazy. Once you like work at a place and talk to the more experienced people and then go somewhere else, you'd be like, oh, okay. You start to get more of a hang of like what's normal. And then what's like too over the top? And it's about just being like, what are you okay with putting up with in the end? You know, mm -hmm. it, was, mm -hmm. it was, it was something <laughs> I liked it, but it was hard. So did you think that that experience helped prepare you for Awesome Inc? Having uh yeah, more difficult, I guess, work experience did that prepare you? Do you feel? I mean, it's almost like weird, weird to think of it that way because the jump from like bento who definitely had like this is what we're doing right um and they knew what was up oh we have our weekly meeting so and like they have the schedule like you were talking about earlier it's like a place that knows what's up and like they kind of they keep doing it um awesome was definitely more unprepared for that i feel like so <laughs> they're like the scheduling it was very lax at first and i'm like oh my god they're so this is so like easy we have so much time to do stuff so it was a very big jump for me and i don't know if i if i would say like oh yeah it made it easier it's like maybe it felt like that at the beginning but it was almost like a good and a bad thing at the same time because 
it being so drastic. And then now, of course, the show is like picking up pace. It's getting like more and more intense again. It's just like, oh no, I hope it's not a repeat of like Bento, you know? <laughs> so it, it, it's getting scary. It's like, there's got to be a safe middle ground somewhere where it's like, yeah, this is the, there's enough direction or guidance from the producers and stuff like that to like hit the deadlines and stuff like that without it being overboard. I don't know if that answers the question at all. It was like, yes, it did. But because of the studio, it was also like, um, I don't know if it was a good thing necessarily that to go from something so difficult to so lax, mm -hmm. if it's only going to get difficult again. I don't know what's going on is my answer. There we go. <laughs> I'm just going. <laughs> totally. No, I mean, I think I think I had like a opposite experience because when I was onboarded to Awesome, like we were at the beginning of our production kind of still and like there weren't any deadlines. <laughs> nope. Like like you turned around to me and you were like, "By the way, we don't have deadlines like you and Tachi." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. Like, just stuff gets done when it gets done. But it, it's because we were, like, working on the episode one, so, like, we didn't know what the final look was supposed to be. We were still, like, <laughs> figuring out the style of the yeah. show, like, animation <laughs> style. Um, so, yeah, they kind of, like, work was coming through as we could do it because, like, we had to wait for... Um, rigs! Like, rigs rigs weren't done. Yeah, yeah, rigs to finish, to, mm. to do our part of the pipeline. So some days we would just like wait for work <laughs> which is bad because like now i feel like i'm slow because like now that like more work is coming in and we are on like a tighter schedule um i'm like i'm like animating stuff but i'm like God, i feel so slow uh, i hope i hit my my 200 frames oh my god yeah today <laughs> and the way like they measure that too it's just like sometimes it's like oh it drives me nuts yeah i've been towed too the producers are like, hey, like, listen, I'm still like, I, I thought I gave you this assignment and, you know, a week was okay for it. But it turns out because it has 70 extras in it, it'll be a lot harder. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And they, they have like no idea <laughs> until like later. And so it's a common thing for even in like Austin, like, oh, hey, like this should take about a week. And it's like, no, this mm -hmm. is this is not a week. This is like yeah. six characters running in perspective. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, this for the producers, they're like, if for for scheduling, they're like looking at uh twenty animators and trying to like fit them all and hit a deadline. So like, what they're really looking at is just like the frame count mostly. Mm -hmm. But like a a bus shot or like a shoulder up shot of somebody talking, it's gonna like take thirty minutes. Mm -hmm. But if they're like running around and there's like ten characters, it's going to be like. A week, or <laughs> like you gotta give us more time. Anyway, they don't always have time to like figure that out. But the our mm -hmm. our animation director tries to catch that and be like, "Hey, this seems gonna take yeah a long time." Just letting you know, they're fantastic, and that that mm -hmm. was cool. The difference between like definitely Bento and Awesome is that, at, or one of them and Awesome, I feel like our leads, they're more. I guess because they're closer to our age in a way, they're almost kind of like. I got you. Listen, this is tough, okay? Uh, I'll put in a word for you. It's like, thank you. Thank you for, you know, letting know. them know. I'll, I'll talk to Josh. It's like, thanks. <laughs> I love yeah. you. So, Sophia, to keep talking more about your body of work and other experiences that you had, one of your early experiences was in 2018 when you were part of the Primal Screens Generate Challenge. And that's like a 24-hour animation competition hosted by SCAD. Uh, 
and SCAD is uh, I'm the Savannah Savannah College of Art and Design. College there you of, go. <laughs> thank you. There it is. There it is. Uh, in Atlanta, and then uh, the short that you did was Love Handle, and it it actually won first place. So one congratulations. That's super cool. So uh, for for our listeners, just real quick, is that um, the short is a fake commercial. For a body pillow in the shape of a glove, with uh, with your special someone printed on it. So that was I, I actually remember watching. That was actually really really funny. Oh, yes. uh, <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. I actually the the, dude, the I think ending it, like, the ending was like I was like whoa that's a uh, topical right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will almost spoil it if you guys want to look it up. It's on Vimeo Love Handle. Please look it up. Uh, can you talk about that experience? Yeah. Uh, that one was something else. Uh, don't recommend doing that more than once in your life. A 24 hour challenge. That was, <laughs> that was brutal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was, they, Primal came to us and was like, hey, here's a random piece of uh, whatever from our office. Make a commercial about it. Make it into an item that isn't itself. So our glove couldn't be advertised as a glove. And so that's kind of where mm. it started. And it was an awesome experience because it was the whole damn pipeline. It was the whole thing. And that that's what I was really cool. From the beginning, we were like, all right, let's talk about what we're going to go. What are our ideas? Brainstorm. We only got 24 hours. Let's, you know, go. Um, from there to like, I guess you could say the boards, like, oh, what's going to happen, right? Like, what do we want to, okay, now that we know what we want, what are our characters going to be? Like, the sides and then colors, uh backgrounds who's doing it? it was all like assigning jobs who was doing what clean up and then it was just like just go just non-stop and it was really fun to do that i was an animator so i i designed the the character on the pillow that's the only thing i did okay. i was just like i mean let me do this <laughs> so I, I drew that i love it i'm so proud of that still i'm not a character designer but that one was like yes so good um, yeah, really <laughs> it, was, it was really fun. And uh, then I kind of just animated a lot of, I guess, the shots and clean up basic colors. Because we had two people d- doing those backgrounds that came out so nice. I was like, how did you do this? They're so pretty. The colors were so nice. And then like putting it all together. I remember doing comp, like we were working on like putting it. Yeah, just connecting everything and then being like oh no we missed a color right here go back save it really quick re-render da, da, da. like getting all the files we're all just right next to each other and so it was a crazy experience like oh so this is a team and it wasn't like nobody's getting mad or no one is freaking out it was just very cohesive and i felt like I was very lucky to have such a good team experience because uh, we heard about some not so good ones on <laughs> in some other rooms where it's like it fell apart, you know. Oof. So it's just Oof. Dang, no. the drama that can arise. But no, it's 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 a uh, because yeah, you can I participated one year as well in the international one, and yeah, it's a uh, it's your uh, I don't know about what you did, but we our team we stayed up the full twenty four hours. None of us wanted to take a break to sleep because I we I think we all knew that if we went to sleep, we're not going to be able to wake no. back up. Or if we wake back up, we're going to be slower yep. than what mm-hmm. we were mm-hmm. before we went to sleep. Oh, yeah. But I know some. But I know some teams like some teams like they plan it out and they take shifts to like That's sleep. Crazy. They, like, take naps. And no stuff. way. Yeah. No, we did not. Mm-hmm. We worked the whole damn time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, if I go down, I'm down too. Exactly. Like, there's no way. <laughs> there's no coming back. It was really fun with the professors coming back, back in the mornings. Like, oh, you're still here. It's like, ha ha, so funny. You went no. to sleep. Oh my no, God. that's the only way to get it done. Uh, I can imagine people taking shifts and then, like, 
That's that sounds mean, but I was like, you're good. You're really good if you're doing that, like taking shifts and like you know, some people working, some people not, and still finishing and make it look good. Yeah, we're if you can finish it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's crazy i think like uh well for anybody who is going to participate in a 24-hour competition and like you just want to hang out with your friends and make something like don't hurt yourself but <laughs> yeah yeah i guess if you want to be competitive <laughs> don't go to sleep that's like, like i yeah. actually recommend yeah true. no same true so that was like one of your first experiences working on a short film and did you feel like that really carried with you when working on other short films at your time at scad <laughs> Yes and no, because nothing else <laughs> was like that. Everything. So the year that I like, I was a senior, or when we started the senior films, they implemented a new system that was a million times better than before, because the old system kind of just fucked anybody who didn't want to be an animator, right? Like, if you wanted to be a prop, mm. like, modeler, like, in 3D, nothing animation, but, like, you know, still part of that pipeline, like, you want to rig... You still have to make your own film, and it's like they don't give a shit about that part. So it's like that that really messed up a lot of people and like what they wanted to do. Then it was like, hey, mm. if you don't want to make your own film, uh, you don't have to. Just work on everyone else's, right? So that was great, and I got to work on a few people that I knew uh, their films, and it just wasn't the same, you know. The whole team thing, it was like people signing up or people asking, like, hey, can you work on it? And them just being like, here's the shots you can do. Here are the files. That's all. Go have fun, you know. Report to me when you're done. It wasn't like, it just wasn't a team. the The storyboard is uh, already you done. You, you guys, you guys didn't have like team meetings, check ins, like stuff <laughs> no. that like made you feel like you were fully no, a part of the production. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. Which I, in a way, was grateful for. I probably wouldn't have been able to attend it anyways with like balancing tennis and like the make getting work done. Um, which mm-hmm. I let everyone know who I like. Hey, listen, like I can get this done, but there's still a chance where it's like. It's it can be close with the schedule that I've got, um, so it didn't like help in a way. I feel bad about that. Like no, it really didn't because it was a whole different experience. And I feel like thinking about it now sometimes it makes me sad because like I wish the pipeline was as like open as that, where to where it's like everybody can talk to everybody. Like you know, storyboard artists can talk to the animators, or, like the riggers can talk to the animators. Uh, I'm an animator. I just want to talk to everybody and be like, hey, let's help each other make this more cohesive so there's like less bumps in the roads and it'll make the process a lot quicker. Um, mm. And working on the senior films, there was just there was none of that. It was just, here's your stuff. Go do your work. Thankfully, it's not like that, like as much like that anymore. There's definitely more of a team. Hopefully... I don't know every way, but where I've been, there's definitely more of like a team vibe at, at work. Like I'm definitely feel like I can work with Yuki or like my other coworkers and be like, hey, help me out with this. Look at this really quick. Um, so very, very unlike student films. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think every school is different. So that's actually really interesting. I'm glad that SCAD is slowly shifting to more of like kind of do what you feel strongly, what you want to do. Because I can, I can see it being a pain if you just want to be a rigger and you still have to do a short film. To kind of go back on track, uh, you want to animate for Rooster Teeth. Like, why is that, like, one of your future aspirations? What is it about, like, Rooster Teeth that you want to be a part of? It's a, it's a sappy answer. <laughs> um, I just like them. <laughs> I've been watching them for, like, what, eight years? I don't know. And... It's funny, I'm not even that big of, like, oh, a Ruby fan, per se, or, like, Red versus Blue, even though I remember, like, first checking them out. Um, 
like the RT anime. They're, they have like a lot of different kind of media, right? So like, uh, mm-hmm. I've seen that stuff, but I really like Achievement Hunter especially. And it's just a company that was like, your content has gotten me through the worst of times. And it was like a safe place for me. And in my head, it's like, I would die to give back to them. I would die to be a part of that community, a company that did that for me and to like create content that is that for other people. Like, I don't know, like Camp Camp was a really good one. Like, I really liked a lot of, of that show specifically. I'm like, hey, it's pretty, it's cute. It's actually like funny too. You know, it's not like a really ugly moves in a really kind of just janky way show that is also, I feel like, really common now. Um, mm-hmm. So seeing something looks good, appeals to me, obviously, and like just meant a lot to me. It's like, I would love to be a part of that. And like, and give back to them and like to the community. So that's like that. That's why that's uh, a goal of mine to work there one day. That's really cool. I I like, I like that. That's, that's awesome. There's always that sense of uh, the idea of giving back. And I like that. So to get, to get a little deeper, something I actually want to know, and I think it's like important now more than ever, is that how do you think your cultural background plays a role in your identity as an artist? So, like, that that question's a bit tough because, like, yeah, I definitely, like, mm-hmm. I'm Mexican and stuff like that. And there, I have, like, my culture, but it didn't really impact me until a lot later because, like, from a young age consuming the media and stuff like that where there wasn't a lot of um, diversity in it, it's, like, I kind of forgot that I could do that in my artwork. Even when I was young and I was drawing things mm. a bit fatter, right? Just doodling. It was still very, I guess you could say, mainstream. It wasn't, because I like to make my own characters since I was little too. But it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't cultural. There was there, nothing there really inspired me or spoke to me because it was all based off of like the stuff that I saw. What you saw on TV. Exactly. Or, like yeah. what was normal, what was for the normal consumer. So I never really thought of including it. And it wasn't until, sadly, I feel like I'm most embarrassed, like later, like almost in, college where i got to see more diversity where it's like oh my god like i i can do better than this like what am i doing like i'm part of the problem like let me be more diverse with what i make because i actually can and it's okay and it's a good thing so it's Mm -hmm. definitely like a more recent thing to be like when i if i want to draw a character that represents myself it's like let's make sure my skin color matches you know or like uh if i'm trying to like do it like correct right because i remember drawing younger and it's just like oh they don't have the crayon for my skin like it sounds dumb but it's just like oh. it matters right no, just that, like, oh, that, no that's very that's very true like you have to buy that special packer crayon with the skin <laughs> colors it doesn't come in the it doesn't come no, in the regular crayon box so you just leave it white and- you and you just, think it's okay. You just and you're white. just like, but that's not me. And you kind of just got used to it until now. It's like, no, I'm going to make sure like this is right. And it's just weird to think that it took me so long. But now I'm definitely more like, okay, where I'm from and all that good stuff matters. And when I want to make my own stories and make my own worlds, it's like, well, let's make this realistic and then put everybody that exists, kind of like all those kinds of people in, in these mm-hmm. stories. So... I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's something specifically from my culture. It's almost more like being aware of the culture now and making sure it's like to implement that into into the world, you know, because it's real and it matters. And it makes a difference. I didn't think totally. it did. Mm-hmm. It totally does. So it's like, oh, wow. You feel it. So it's, it's important. 
No, yeah. totally. And I, again, I think you're very much right. Is that kind of what you see when you're growing up? That's what you think the what what's normal. And I think that's where a lot of um, our generation is like. And I think now with shows like the Casa Grandes, I, even that new show, uh, I think it's also uh, Santiago of the Sea. Oh, yeah, Santiago. Oh, yeah. So I think there's there's more shows that, like, that are introducing more diversity because we need to see it as at a young age mm-hmm. and have that be the normal, have diversity be the normal one, not have the the default be white for a lot of for a lot of kids. And I think, sadly, that's how it was when we were growing yeah. up. Mm-hmm. The default was always white. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not only with like this... I guess like making those characters, but like like that part of the pipeline. But even making them more into like making them the directors and stuff like that, like people, you know, like mm-hmm. us taking that position yeah. and like instead of just the white man, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because it, it totally makes a difference. You're talking about like those shows. I don't know if you've heard of Villainous. Uh, yeah, Villainous. Oh my! Like I saw that. And like my heart, like I felt it in my heart. I'm like, oh my god! Like uh, the Spanish version, better than the English, in my opinion, right? Just because yeah. of like the way they speak. Like to me, it's like it's it was so Mexican. I'm like, oh my god! Like yeah. it's hard to describe to someone who's like not Mexican, right? But like the word choices mm-hmm. they would use and stuff like that, I was like, this is actually awesome, you know? Like this is more content I would have yeah. freaking loved to see when I was younger. Like it makes a difference. And like learning about the guy who was mm-hmm. who who came up with the show and like had these characters like such a long time ago, his story. I was like, that was so like inspiring in a way. And it's like that's mm-hmm. awesome that this guy has a chance to to go out there and make something, and it like makes an impact mm-hmm. because it's it's different, you know? It's it's more at home. It's definitely like. It's got its culture ingrained into it, and it makes such a difference. So, Sophia, what made you want to pursue a career in this industry, and why specifically uh, character animation? Ooh, I always like struggle to answer that because I don't remember a specific thing that was like, ah, yes, I am awake. This is me. I am an animator. But if I had to like think of things that really, I led me in that direction was how much I enjoyed music videos and just like seeing character acting itself being like that person's not real but damn do i feel those tears like oh i feel that so hard (laughs) and the idea that something that doesn't exist to making me like feel some type of way it's like oh i want to do that i want to make people feel things too with with things that aren't real to me that's crazy and uh music videos destroy me music is like my life as well like i i need that wherever i am if i'm drawing and so seeing animated music videos people singing or whatever there's a story being told along with the music it i don't know how to describe it those are actually coming back yes, as well i feel like i'm seeing a lot more of them yes. is that something that you want to get involved so with badly i want to do that before i die i just <laughs> give me like right before i got to awesome apparently they made like a music video and i really liked the song and i saw the video and i was just so mad i'm just like i want to be a part of that (laughs) if only i was here earlier i would die it's just seeing a character going through the motions or like being put through hell or being put through like the best time of their life and seeing it on their face like just the subtle things it gets my heart going Mm -hmm. and it makes no sense to the average person right but that's just like that's what does it for me and i'm like i gotta i gotta get here do you see that like eyebrow shift up wow 
Wow. Let, <laughs> let me do that and let me make the viewer feel something because of it. Oh, God, it drives me. I love it. Like really internalizing that emotion in, yes. the, in the song. I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree. Like- when it like <laughs> when it hits when it hits on the beat of the music and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. It's tears. Like, oh god, it's just Yeah. It's so good. Goals. I was, I honestly I love asking these questions just because it's super interesting depending on what your background is, depending on what your discipline is. Yeah, what kind of drives you? And I like that, like, yeah, the those eye, the eyebrows, the emotion, like the acting, just like like subtle things that I feel like yeah, that every person would have picked on. That's like like that's the shit that you love. Mm-hmm. Like that that's why it's like, yes, this is this is for yeah. me. I don't wanna animate uh fire effects uh, or mm-hmm. <laughs> or what Yeah, cycles. I mean like I mean, there's a lot of different there's... parts to animation. Yeah, yeah, like technical and stuff like that. And it's just like, no, I love character acting and it's just mm-hmm. oh I, I love it it's hard it's so hard but i love it so hard. one day they're gonna get good so you you have been bringing up tennis um throughout the podcast uh which is interesting because i think uh, a lot of artists either like stay completely like, far away from sports or they even like reject it <laughs> and i think no i, I think no, yeah. that's totally interesting that you are involved in tennis and that's like a really big uh, thing for you and like that you continued it through art school because I also know some uh, people who did like sports uh, before going to school that we met in high um, school yeah and they they like stopped because they had to focus on art how how has that experience been for you balancing uh, like a sport or an activity uh, with with being an artist well let me start off with I couldn't have afforded I couldn't have afforded anything if it was not tennis I was from young age told, like, listen, you're going to whatever gives you the most damn money, okay? And it's just like, you know what? That makes sense. So, like, I was gonna <laughs> study graphic design at some random-ass school, like, in Houston, probably, right? Because nobody had what I wanted, or the the college that did was, like, the tennis team was all from around the world, and it, like, was too good, you know? It was just too good for me, and I wasn't there. My fat ass never got good enough to, like, really compete there which is you know fine because it's like hey i have other things to do as well um so tennis was gonna be there no matter what and um i want to say mostly good things good that it, I, I have both because like tennis is a cliche it's, it's a lot like life to me it's like there's so much of it that taught me it's challenges and shit like that like it's like part of my identity it feels like it is really part of who i am and um it's IT, like I said, it taught me so much. And the bad part was, I guess, during SCAD, it, I don't want to be too much of a downer, really, but like it felt like it destroyed me after sophomore year because it was probably the most unhealthiest like years of my life. Um, I, the, I, I could not keep that balance and where it's like, oh, you don't work hard enough or whatever. It's like, I don't know. Maybe I did it, you know, but it's like, I want to be at least an AB student in my classes. Um, working all nighters. I didn't care. I didn't sleep <laughs> after a certain point. It, it was like nationals, right? And we're not, we're not that scared. I have my laptop, thankfully. And I literally stayed up all night before like the finals match and shit like that. And it's just like, to me, that was the norm. And it was really unhealthy to the point where it's like, I'm not getting better at anything. I'm actually getting worse. 
and I'm actually injured probably now for the rest of my life because of like just, you know, the injuries that I had there that I couldn't properly heal because it's like, we got to keep working. We got to keep getting out the 6am. We got to keep doing all this stuff. So it was horrible for a while, if I'm honest. Um, and I really didn't like that. Like at the end of SCAD, like literally maybe the last quarter or two, I went up to my coach. Thankfully, it was really cool. And I was like, I, I cannot get better at both. And so I went to whatever practices I could. And obviously, I worked really hard because I, I hate the idea of like not, right? Um, but I did tell mm-hmm. him, so like after the season was over, it's like, please let me, let me sleep let me animate and i actually like finally did get better like in the last two quarters like i actually made my jump my my, my professor literally told me it's like wow it's like it's like your work has leveled up and i was like oh, i was gonna cry like <laughs> it felt like it took so long because even though i was working my ass off there was still just nothing left in me and i like i wasn't improving so i finally when i got to be healthier and have more time to do stuff and actually like get all my work done. It showed it paid off and it was really great. So it's like for a while, it was the worst thing ever. Wouldn't recommend it to anybody because it's, it wasn't like it didn't. It's a difficult it, balance. Yeah, it, It's not healthy. I recommend doing a lot of stuff um, to get better. All that good shit. Do what you love, do what you want. Cause obviously like I love both, but it was so unhealthy. I didn't realize that until later. And it's just like, never again. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have a healthier relationship with tennis now that, that you're out of school? Is tennis still become a big part of your life or is it more like a hobby that you do just to keep healthy? It, I want to say it's like a hobby now just because like the whole being an adult now, when you get out of college, it's just like coming back from work and it's like, all right, now I'm going to go do anything. It's pretty hard. <laughs> and so <laughs> it was really hard for me to like schedule tennis. Um, cause even though you could say like, oh, I'm an athlete, right. I'm still got that artist side of me where it's just like, I am more of like, I guess a recluse. I'm, I'm more antisocial. Yeah. So it's like meeting people to play tennis with. And if I don't like them or playing with strangers is very scary to me. So I'm just like, uh, I want to play with people I like. And it's like a social, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's very weird because yeah, artist, but athlete combination is like you said, it's not very common, right? And let's say I didn't get along with the other athletes at SCAD, like at all, because mm. they're like, oh my God, look at those guys dressing all funny, you know? And it's just like very just, I don't know, in another world almost it felt like. And it's like, I can't connect with these people mm. um, on any other level besides the tennis court. <laughs> so it was weird. And tennis is it's still a big deal. It's just hard to find like people that, I mesh with on the court to give me what I like, what I need. I don't know how to describe it. Like it's a drug, right? Cause tennis is a big deal. <laughs> Getting out there, doing that, having passions and all that good shit. Definitely do that after college. It's healthy. It's much better now. Yeah. It's not making me not sleep. It's not making me not finish my work anymore. So it's fantastic. Now it was just for a short period of time where it did not work out. <laughs> That's good. You, you need to take care of yourself. And like knowing when to like, reach out yeah, and, and recognize that mm-hmm. you know it is bad for you and that is that's part of growing up is like realizing your limitations and being like wait a second this is dumb and like uh reaching out to somebody who can you know tell you hey like it's okay to take a break such and, a big deal and <laughs> yeah. like with any oh, tennis mm-hmm. obviously very specific but i'm sure like other uh 
animators who are going into like this pipeline and stuff or like studying college it's like if you have other passions you want to do by no means i think you should give up your life to you know study away and never do anything else because that's shitty and not fun right but balancing it is such a big deal (laughs) it's so important i guess on that topic would that be the advice that you would give for students that want to pursue a career in this industry is that don't give up on other passions Uh, that's definitely one of them for sure i I don't know, people who, like, that's all they do and they do nothing else. And because, like, that's, like, you're at college, this is what I'm here to do. It's like, nah, nah, you need you need to be happy. If you want to get anywhere, you need to, like, be doing something good for yourself. That's definitely one of them because that is, it just, it makes a difference later on. Like, you won't notice it when you're, like, working and doing stuff. But, like, taking that time to go do something else and then coming back to your work, like, it will pay off. For sure. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, other advice. Advice, you got to love it. If you're in this pipeline and you don't love it, I don't suggest it <laughs> because it is hard. It's brutal. It is brutal. <laughs> but if you love it, uh, people are like, oh, it doesn't pay much. But shut up. Just like, if you love it and this is what you want to do for a living, you want to create, you want to support, you really just want to get out there and, and create with other people, you know, know about others through this, you know, medium, it's like, please do it. It has been absolutely worthwhile. As difficult as it is, it is entirely worth it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us today. Where can our <laughs> listeners find you? And is there anything you want to plug? Oh, wow. So many things. Uh, no. So <laughs> hold on. Let me check. Sure. My Instagram handle. What is it? It's Sophie A-H, uh, the under- underscore art. And Sophie's with an F, not a P-H. But that could change. So, you know, I don't know. There's that. That's really it. <laughs> Okay, so if you enjoyed our interview with Sophia today, please rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, or wherever else you tune in. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at StraightAheadAP, and let us know your response to today's in-between questions. Or if you have any suggestions for future in-between questions, contact us on social media or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions for future guests, please tweet at us. We love discovering new artists and want to use this platform to boost these voices of the future. And finally, a big thanks to our music composer, Daniel Rodier. Thanks again for listening, and thank you once again to our guest, who has a bright future straight ahead. Until next week, have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs> that was so sweet. I was like, oh, that was so nice. <laughs>